0: This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com.
1: Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan's government has to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050, joining the international effort to fight climate change. Our reporter Bing Wang has the details.
2: Fulfilling a pledge made by President Tsai Ing-wen on Earth Day last year, Taiwan has officially released its roadmap to achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. It's part of a global effort to reduce the impact of climate change and to build a more sustainable environment. The main feature of the roadmap is to increase the country's renewable energy supply to at least 60% by 2050.
3: I want to assure you that we are doing everything we can to stabilize electricity supply. We also plan to further strengthen our energy infrastructure, including course grid, while navigating the transition to move to more so to more sustainable and renewable energy
2: sources. According to the latest statistics from Taiwan's Bureau of Energy, five point five percent of Taiwan's energy is from renewables. is from coal, 35.7% from natural gas, and 11.2% from nuclear power. Chris Ma and Bing Wang for Taiwan Plus.
1: For more on Taiwan's net zero carbon emissions plan, Bing Wang spoke to Zhao Jiawei, professor of climate change and sustainable development at National Taiwan University. He began by asking him if it's ambitious enough.
4: Although we say uh, this plan have some positive side, but they also have some dark side of this plan. But the first thing is that this plan they don't have a very concrete co face out date yet. They only say uh in by year 2050 all the coal fired uh, power ger- generation will become the backup out only by year 2050. But according to my research, if we want to to reach the next year the, next year by 2050 we have to fully phase out the older code generation by year 2035. So this plan, although we set out a uh, target for the year 2050, but we don't upgrade our re- emission reduction target for year 2030, which contradicts to the global practice. The government still say, okay, for the year 2030, they are still keeping the original target, which was uh, reducing uh, 20% of the emission compared to the 2005 which is not uh, ambitious enough because according to my research, we have to reduce by uh, 40% by 2030. So I saw that you tweeted that uh, Taiwan gets some of its gas,
2: like 20% of its LNGs from Russia. Do you think now is the time to dis- diversify our energy sources because of the 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 war in Ukraine.
4: Taiwan get twenty percent of the coal from Russia and ten uh, percent of our gas from the Russia. So now is the time we if we, we want to, to reduce our energy dependence with Russia, we have to face uh, out the coal uh, more quickly. So maybe in the short, we can uh, afford to. to about the gas usage because we want to, uh, uh use our uh, energy fire power plant to reduce our coal fire power plant, but last only for the short term. But uh, basically, in this strategy, they also they have the first time to emphasize that, net zero strategy have a uh, implication in terms of the national security. So they say we can lower our energy dependence with this net zero strategy. We can enhance uh enhance our uh, energy sufficient rate to more than to from the 2% in the meantime to more than 50%.
1: Taiwan recorded 239 new cases of COVID 19 on Thursday. That's a new daily high for 2022. 87 of them were local infections, while 152 were imported. Most of the domestic cases were in the northern port city of Geelong. The central government has suggested launching a week long mass testing campaign in the city. It's already agreed with this local government to send out home testing kits to city residents, but officials haven't yet announced when the Campaign will begin, or who will be subject to testing. With COVID-19 cases soaring in Taiwan, anyone who wants to participate in one of the country's biggest religious and cultural events, the Dajia Matsu pilgrimage, now must roll up their sleeves and get a booster shot.
3: Every year, the Dajia Mazu pilgrimage is Taiwan's largest religious and cultural event. People pray to the sea goddess Mazu for good fortune. This year, over a million people are expected to participate in the 8-day event which begins on April 8th. But first, attendees will need to get a COVID-19 booster shot. The Central Epidemic Command Center announced the requirement amid a soaring number of new COVID-19 cases in Taiwan. The booster mandate has led to a surge of people rushing to clinics. Only people with proof of a third vaccine shot will be given a participation pass, and devotees must apply for a pass ahead of time. On top of that, costumes like pelicans robbing and crawling beneath the pelicans are still banned this year. James Reiner and Phil Wayne for Town Plus.
1: Taiwan's government has announced a plan to offer more financial aid for young people through rent subsidies. The executive Yuan says it has increased the annual budget for the program from 5.7 billion Taiwan dollars to 30 billion or about 1 billion U.S. dollars. The plan also aims to help 500,000 recipients, up from the previous 120,000. The rent subsidy program is targeted at young single people, newly married couples, families with children, young children and disadvantaged people. The expanded program comes as these groups are facing increased housing and commodity prices. Taiwan's men's and women's pairs both won silver medals in their respective doubles finals at the World Table Tennis Star Contender Tournament in Doha on Wednesday. Men's duo Lin yun and Liao zheng lost out to Benedict Duda and Chou-dan of Germany, while the women's pair Zhang Yi-jing and Li Chun were beaten by Japan's Miyu Kihara and Miyu Nagasaki. Taiwanese stars Lin and Zheng will be in action again on Thursday, in the mixed doubles final the world's number one mixed doubles pairing are hoping long, to take the home the gold medal Lin against emmanuel lebesson and Yuan jiannan of france an australian journalist is set to go on trial in beijing charged with revealing state secrets Cheng Lei, who worked as an anchor for Chinese state news channel CGTN, was detained in 2020 and formally arrested last year. She has not been allowed to see her family during her detention. Australia's ambassador to China, Graham Fletcher, sought access to the court where Cheng is due to be tried on Thursday, but was denied entry. He said he has no confidence in the validity of a process that is conducted in secret. Chinese courts have a conviction rate of over 99 percent. The trial comes amid a period of heightened tension between China and Australia, with Beijing banning imports of a variety of Australian products after Canberra called for an investigation into the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic. Two British judges on Hong Kong's highest court have resigned over concerns about eroding freedoms in the city. Since 1997, when the former British colony came under Chinese rule, the city has appointed international judges to its Supreme Court. Ryan Hoko-Patrick has the story.
0: Over a year and a half after Hong Kong's national security law was imposed by Beijing, two British judges sitting on the territory's highest court have resigned citing the law and its erosion of political freedom two members of britain's top court have served on the city's courts since the handover from british to chinese rule in 1997. their departure sends a stark message about the city's rule of law china
1: has continued to use the national security law and its related institutions to undermine the fundamental rights and freedoms promised in the joint declaration As national security law cases proceed through the courts, we're seeing the implications of this sweeping legislation, including the chilling effect on freedom of expression, the stifling of opposition voices, and the criminalizing of dissent. The political and legal situation in Hong Kong has reached the point at which it is no longer tenable for serving UK judges to participate on final court of appeal.
0: The Hong Kong Court of Final Appeal hears many of the territory's highest profile cases the resignations of Lord Robert Reed and Lord Patrick Hodge rescinds what had been billed as a vote of confidence in the city's legal system. In a written statement, Lord Reed, also president of the UK Supreme Court, said that their role lent a veneer of legitimacy and international approval to an ever more oppressive system. A local lawyer with the advocacy group Hong Kong Rule of Law Monitor said a single law should not surpass all legislation. Fearing government reprisals, she asked that we conceal her identity.
5: The national security law is quite a different creature. It's an entire system, it's an entire regime. How it differs is that it not only creates four new national security offenses, it also creates a new agency for law enforcement, it creates new powers. For the police, it creates a new regime of appointing judges to hear certain cases, which are so-called national security cases.
0: The judge's resignations came on the eve of sentencing for democracy activist Tam Tak Chi, who was convicted of uttering seditious words. His offense did not come under the national security law, but a harsh, pre-existing legislation created by the British colonial authorities to stifle dissent. This, says the lawyer, illustrates how the law was brought in, not to criminalize new acts, but to create a parallel judicial track for political trials. (laughs) It's... comes
5: as part of the mainland exercising its comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong. It's not enough for Hong Kong to return to its pre-2019 ostensible peace on the streets. That's not enough. Any sort of dissent, no matter how moderate or peaceful it is, any sort of commemoration of Tiananmen Square or the like, that cannot be tolerated. And that's why a whole new regime is being brought to Hong Kong in the form of the National
0: Security one These resignations, which have been welcomed by London, leave a dwindling number of foreign judges in the Hong Kong court. The city's government says the concerns over Hong Kong's rule of law are unfounded. But with the widening net of the national security law and the rising convictions... This is just the latest blow to the city's once highly respected reputation as Asia's legal hub. Ryan Hill Kilpatrick for Taiwan Plus.
1: Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Cavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world visit taiwanplus.com.